Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today we got a QA. and a All right, we got a lot of questions from Instagram that we're going to go over today, guys. Um, I'm ready for a rapid fire, man. I'm pretty fired up right now. Rapid fire the personal is, development is not calls, in your vocabulary. It's not, usually. <laughs> but... It's not in my uh, behavior. It's in my vocabulary. I just don't live up to it. But there you go. I'm going to try. The, okay. I just got off that personal development call, which is like part of the Tailored Life Challenge. For those who decided to move into coaching with us, I'm jumping on a call with everybody that signed up. I got actually calls booked out for weeks, which is really, really cool. Um, and it's literally just a chance to talk mindset, which mm-hmm. always fires me up. You know, it gets me excited. Um, going to reflect on the challenge. and Yeah. And then like today it was like, like, how do you like, the biggest struggles, like how do I break out of my shell, like remove doubt and insecurity, like and actually go do something. And we, I just went off, and we were just going back and forth, and that shit fires me up. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, and it was like one of the best ways to consistently be motivated or taking action or consistent or anything is to talk about it. And yeah. it sounds very weird, but like the more we talk about this shit on the podcast, the more I live it because totally. it's accountability yeah. to an extent, but it also it's like speaking in. Into existence. Yeah. hundred percent. It's exactly what it is. Um, you're just manifesting your attitude really. Um, but, but no, that shit fires me up. Even, even yesterday when I came in to do those podcasts, it was like, all right, I'm going to record. I was actually going to record a Q and a, and I was like, let me do like a quick Monday motivation on this topic. And then I ended up recording a almost 30 minute intro because I was going off on a subject because I was so fired up from the team being here that I was like, all right, this is, the, this is the podcast. I'm going to record it again. So then I was like, I'll record another one. I did it on the topic. And then that took me a long time because I went in on it. And I was like, I don't have time for a Q&A. Yeah. Like, I was just so fired up to talk about the team being here. And that would be a good motivation. episode. Yeah. Two good episodes. Yeah. Because we're going to have a few. But um, but I feel like I'm in the right place to do a rapid fire. All right. Like, I feel, I feel like I can do it. I feel like, and not in a bad way, but I think you're so about explaining the details of why things depend mm-hmm. that that doesn't go hand in hand with rapid fire. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that's, but and that's good though, man. Like it's not like black and white. That's almost why I don't like doing Instagram Q and A's yeah. on my story yeah. is because, and these are all from that, which is <laughs> ironic. Cause I'm, that's probably why I can't do too rapid fire. Cause I did rapid fire on there, but yeah. I can only type so much. And if I film it, I don't get as many views and it's so difficult because you have to, I don't know why they do this, but you know, like when you record an Instagram, it just keeps going and going for like four slides. If you do a Q&A, you can only do one. It only goes around once. You hmm. can't. It's so weird. So if you do want to talk, it cuts you off and then you got to post it, pull the question back up, do it again, film. And it's just like, fuck that. I might be able to figure out a way to, how to do that better. It's annoying as hell. Um, the only way I could think of is if we saved the images and then upload them, but then it won't notify the person. Because mm. if I click the question, answer it, it notifies the person that I answered their oh, question. Or you could tag them. I could tag them, but then it, you know, take a long. When time. I get a hundred questions and I don't follow every single one of them, it's like, yeah, I don't know. But I, I struggle trying to type an answer. Totally, in there, you know. But we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's start with the first question here, guys. It is coming from Trey Feva. 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 F E V A. You order that steak at the restaurant, fries, or sub-baked potato and veggies. <laughs> All right. I don't know the question. Uh, the way you said that. You order the steak at the restaurant, fr- fries, or s- 
sub baked potato and veggies. Do you eat? Do you eat the bread? If it fits your macros, bro. I mean, that's what it comes down to. What do I do at a restaurant? Is the question. I think this is a question. That go, do you order steak? Yeah, I always order steak, but that's not the, that's not the question because I'm a dieter. I know what the question is. The question is. When I go order a steak or whatever I order, do I sub the French fries for baked potato and veggies because it's healthier? Oh. And do I eat the bread that is on the table waiting for me? Gotcha. Um, the answer is most likely yes. I sub for for potato and veggies because it's easier. Like it's more filling for less calories, and I'm all about efficiency with my macros. And I don't really crave French fries, so it's not. A, I'm not like it's an easy decision to make. The bread, however, I'm probably gonna smash the bread. I can't, like, if there's chips. Especially if it's Italian, dude. They got, like, four different kinds of breads. I know. Fuck. So good. What it, there's a restaurant that does, like, literally half the loaf is different. Um, actually, it might be Cheesecake Factory. Mm. They give you that brown bread with the seed or the oat-like things on it, you know, and then the sourdough. It's like, I got to have both. <laughs> <laughs> but usually I, I leave room because I know better now. Like, we'll go get Mexican. And I always get, like a, a, like, a Fiesta salad instead of getting, like, the burrito or anything like that, which is delicious. But yeah very taxing on your diet um but i can't skip the chips i gotta have chips and salsa and then once you have one the salt and the spice makes you keep eating totally next thing i know the chips are gone i mean so. same sense as uh french fries yeah, if you start eating them yeah um it's easier though because they're not sitting there waiting for me true you know i have to order um or it's you know if you go to the bar they have the nuts right you know why that is like you know when they have peanuts yeah at, the, at a bar a lot of places don't do it anymore yeah. but that was like a classic thing totally you know, bar nuts um it's because the salt dehydrates you and makes you more thirsty. Mm. And so you're snacking. And, it's a and, business model. And they're so <laughs> small and unfilling that you keep eating them, but the salt keeps getting you to drink. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is great. It's like uh, the Fremont Brewery. Yep. Does that, they still have it, yeah. And they do, they do apples, too. Have you noticed that? Oh, no. Dude, they have bowls of apples at all their fucking tables. Wow. Very weird. Um, but that book, the, the apple is not going to make me keep buying beer. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't do the same thing. I know a lot of places in Southern, like barbecue spots, they mm-hmm. do that. But I guess on the top of my head, Fremont Brewery, I forgot about that. But yeah, they definitely. Well, is that like a palate cleanser? I know that's why we have like grapes or apple or, or apricot or something on a charcuterie board. It's a palate cleanser. Oh. After you have like a very strong cheese, yeah. throw a grape in your mouth. And then you go back to the wine or you wow. can have the next kind of cheese. I didn't know. Yeah. Sh- I guess I did know, but I didn't. I just eat it because I like grapes. Yeah, me too. But, but I mean, Shannon told me not me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I usually, I uh, my advice for you is save save some room for the damn bread. You're gonna want it. And uh, at the end of the day, fit your macros. Do your thing. Totally. That's all that matters. All right. Cool. Um, that was kind of rapid fire. Yeah. Let's go. To the next one. It comes from Kathy Siley. What's better to work on, strength or mobility? Tendonitis and stiffness prevents lifting as as heavy as I want. Both. Um, <laughs> why do one if you need both? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's like, um, Hey, I want to lose fat. Should I work on training or nutrition? You should do both. Maybe you need one more, mm. not because it's more important, but because it's more difficult for you. There you go. Right. So I would look at this like, okay, is, is mobility easy for you to do? Cause it's a habit. Then focus on strength. Cause you're going to do the mobility. It's habitual. But at the end of the day, like, you know, if you have tendonitis, it could be neither. It could also be uh, flexibility. So mobility is, 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 is active flexibility. You're going through range of motion. But like static stretching might even be helpful. It might be soft tissue work. So it might be neither. Um, it also may be you might have an elbow issue because you have weak wrists or shoulders. Or 
and if that's the case, then you got to work on stability and strength. If it's a, um, well, technically if it's wrist, you might need wrist mobility, but if it's, I've had a, a, an elbow issue from my forearm because my forearms had such bad, like just fucked up tissue. What did I do? ART dug in mm. it, stretched it. Neither of those things. So see a professional because it's probably one thing or the other. Um, my wrist has been bugging me lately. Uh, and, and, that had nothing to do with my wrist. I was like, maybe it's my elbow. Nope. Maybe it's my forearm because my forearms get pretty tight. Nope. My fucking scapula is winged out on the right side. So I'm super protracted. I'm four inches away from my uh, spine and I'm an inch and a half on the left side, which is normal. So basically my whole right side is just leaning forward, which is probably from using my mouse, driving, everything's right-handed. So I'm just leaning forward. Um, So what do I do there? I don't really do strength. I do mobility because I need to work on the mobility of my scapula and get it to pull back. But I also need to do tissue work because now my chest and lats are tight because of it, which is ART. Um, So there's a lot going on here that you really can't just isolate one single solution, right? They're all tools and you got to use them in conjunction. Totally. I even think mobility is pointless if you're not strengthening the end ranges, right? Um, If you get really mobile, but you're weak as hell you're it's not going to fix anything if anything you're going to be unstable in those uh positions you get into and that's going to cause an injury so um you know and plus too like you could be super super mobile but if you can't add load to it what's the point you know even if you don't like lifting like if you're functionally trying to create more range of motion what is it for it's to squat down it's to move different it's to carry things different, it's to pick things off the floor different, it's to resist a, a car accident, anything, all which requires strength. Totally. So you can be gumby, you're so mobile, but if you're not strong, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. You know, so I think you got to work everything. For sure. I think there's different places for different people. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my shoulder thing, like mobility is the thing I need to target most, but I can't neglect the others. Yeah. That's the key. Awesome. You're on the right track, man. <laughs> This is rapid fire. I'm impressed. What, uh, sorry, the next one goes, uh, oh man. A wrath her Miz. Dude. Okay, it's hard I, on Instagram too because you don't know if it's their name or if it's like a username, which is like multiple words put into a name. Amen. So, uh, when the team was in t- town last week, we had dinner at their place or whatever, and we were talking about me being on the podcast and stuff, and I was telling them about my butchering of names it's just the worst part of the podcast for me and i was telling about uh shout out the average uh doug yeah like i i pulled up a question that i knew and thank you average doug yeah so doug before we were on air i was like a doug every doug dog (laughs) (laughs) and rose was like it says the average Doug. <laughs> I was like, but it's all one word. Yeah. So it's like, you don't know where to break. You're it. complicating yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, is it really your name? She puts dots in between them yes. all. Yes. Perfect. Real yeah. Real Perfect. simple for us. Oh, man. That's hella. That's so funny. All right. So this uh, next question uh, says, your thoughts on vegan diet? Um, I mean, transparently, I'm not a huge fan. I, I think this is one of those ones where if you're doing a vegan diet for ethical purposes, I support it. I'm 100% on board with it. We have plenty of vegan clients. I've worked with tons of vegans over the years. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, like, it, that's like, it, if I was to sit here and say it's wrong, like, that's questioning somebody's moral decisions, which I have no place in doing, yeah. you know? Um, and that, I mean, that's how I am in, in life in general. I think everybody's entitled to their own opinion and their own morals, their own 
core values, all that shit. So for me to say that a vegan diet's bad or wrong is incorrect. Like if you're doing it for moral and ethical reasons because you don't believe in killing animals, I, I'm, I'm, there's no way I can hate on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking for health purposes, I'm not a fan. At the end of the day, a vegan diet is just not optimal. It's not optimal for muscle. It's not optimal for health. It's not optimal for longevity. It's, it's, it's very poor in proper protein, which is needed for aging processes, let alone tissue regeneration, which doesn't just include muscle growth, but ligaments, bones, everything. Um, it's low in vitamin B. It's, it's basically no creatine. It's non-existent. Low in iron. It's very hard to get omega-3 fatty acids, which are really important. So there's just a lot of things that are missing. And if you do a vegan diet and you want to still be really healthy, you end up having to go out of your way to supplement a lot of things. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, now you have to have a vegan protein powder a couple times a day and you got to take a creatine supplement. Make sure you get algae oil, which is more expensive and not as biodegradable as fish oil, but it still has the omega-3s. Make sure you take a B vitamin and an iron supplement. It's just like, okay. Whereas like if you have animal sources, I can say, hey, you don't have to take any like supplements at all if you don't want to you can and there's some things that might be beneficial like i take but i don't need them they're not required um and i understand like the the ethical purposes i also have a very um i have a different mindset of it uh, as far as like how the cycle of life goes um and at the end of the day like there's i mean there is a hierarchy to living beings on earth and that's like you know we're i mean we're meant to eat most animals, you yep. know, there's certain animals you don't eat or you, you probably get fucked up trying to eat and, yep. and certain things are extinct, you know? So like, there's like the people killing lions and stuff and like, that's horrible. There's uh, I, I read the numbers recently. It's pretty, it's pretty messed up. I know tigers, there's only 3,800 tigers left in the entire world, which is wow. wild. There's only a thousand gorillas Yeah, in the world. Damn. Isn't that crazy? The world's um, big. Yeah. Thousands, not very many. No. And Holy I shit. thought there was way more than 3,800 Tigers, there's barely any more. There's, I think there's like 5,000 lions. And there's like, um, dude, the rhino, the rhinoceros just went extinct. No. Dude, it was on the news. There's a, not one rhinoceros on Earth? Dude, I'll show you the thing. Like, it was, maybe it's a special type of yeah. rhino, but. I'm sure there's a rhino in freaking Tacoma. <laughs> at a zoo or something. Yeah. I don't know if they can have them, dude. The, a rhino would break down any fence or glass you have. I disagree. You really? You don't think a lion, uh, look at, there are ears. I think um, humans can make plexiglass stronger than what a rhino can go through. Maybe. Uh, the end of an era, the northern white rhino, which survived 55 million years and saw ice ages, earthquakes, meteor strikes, and was testament to innumerable historical changes on the planet, could not survive humans. Good Lord. The great beast is now functionally extinct. It's what crazy. does functionally extinct mean? I don't know. I mean, I think it's the same thing as extinct. I don't yeah. really understand yeah, 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 the difference yeah. there. Um, but... <coughs> Sorry. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is... Damn, that's crazy. The northern white rhino, maybe it's just that type of rhino, but that looks like a normal normal rhino to me. Yeah. I don't know what different kinds of rhinos. But it's wild. Like, that's the kind of shit where I'm like, that's horrible. Yeah. You know? But the truth of the matter is, there's plenty deer, and if deer need to be the process of humans surviving longer, and and it's true, like, longevity of human beings is going to be longer uh, with um, animal sources. We're less brittle. We're way less frail, we're way less likely to accumulate diseases, mm. we're healthier, stronger, Yeah, plain and simple. Um, so I don't agree with that. And there's enough evidence. There's even a lot of evidence that shows for like a, like a environmental purposes. Like that, that was a big argument for a while. It was like, um, you know, 
killing animals is, is bad for the environment, but that's actually not true either because uh, helping the life cycle actually helps. So even like the pig problem in Texas we talked about, yeah. like that's a good example. We have to kill pigs because if we don't, they destroy crops. Yep. If they destroy crops, guess what we else? Can can, eat. Yeah, and guess what else gets destroyed? All the bugs and insects and things that actually help the environment grow get killed in the process. So there's actually research that shows farms for soybeans and tofu and things like that that are vegan sources of food. Those crops actually... Uh, eliminate specific other crops in wildlife uh, cycles for insects, birds, stuff like that. So when they have like, it's, it's this battle going back and forth, but I dug really deep into it once uh, the Game Changers came out, that movie about vegan diet being yep, superior. Yep. And then Joe Rogan had like every person, yep. some of which he doesn't have the best nutrition specialist. Sometimes they're like propagandists and he doesn't know better. So sometimes the information's somewhat false and not backed by science, but he had a few people going back and forth that were pretty intelligent on both sides. And at the end of the day, the the plant plus animal side just won yeah. because of health and also for the environmental, which that one was like, whoa, okay, that makes sense. I didn't think about all the birds and bugs and critters that were killed in the process of making these huge farms for soybeans and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but that's besides the point. So, so your thoughts on vegan diet? Yeah, that's that's all my thoughts in a yeah. nutshell. Yeah. I don't think it's the most optimal. Um, however, I support people who choose it for a moral, ethical reason. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that if that's your choice. Yep. And I understand it because I have friends that are vegan. All right, um, we'll go to the next one. It's from uh, Hallie on our team was uh, either a vegan or vegetarian for like twelve years. Whoa. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. I don't know. I have actually haven't asked her like what was the thing that made her switch. So. Ali, if you're actually listening, text me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so the next one comes from BJ Avario7. Some tips for creating valuable fitness content on Instagram. Mm. Uh, number one, when you create a post, is the person reading this post going to walk away with some kind of value? Does it relate to them? Does it educate them? Does it inspire them? It has to do one of those things. Um, so every single time I create a post, I always think like, is somebody going to get something out of this? The only time I create something that, that somebody is not going to get something out of it, it's just something really cool that I'm usually proud of. Usually like something like a picture of my daughter or something. If I do get the wrap on my truck, I'll probably post a picture of that and just be like, this is fucking cool. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really serve anybody, but 90% um, but of your content should be creating some kind of value so just audit it and whoever's reading it are they going to walk away as as a better person as a smarter person as a more informed person in, in some way i feel form? like that's in any industry 100 percent. it doesn't matter what industry it is it's just like that's the purpose of content um and if you're really good at it you cycle relatability education and inspiration and you do it so that the people who approach you are relating to you so and they're well-educated, so they're a better fit for you, and they're inspired, which makes it easier to work with them. So you're kind of grooming people um, in a way. And, and those who get a lot out of that will end up working with you in some capacity or share it and continue to push it on to other people. Um, that's another thing. I didn't put this when I did the story, but is your content shareable? Is it, is it something people want to pass on? You know, we were texting the other day about, like, I made a couple posts that fucking crushed. Mm -hmm. Those are things that people will share. Why? Because they look at it and they go, fuck yeah, I agree with that. Or, like, Jordan Syatt told me, like, fuck yeah, I told you so, blank, to, like, yeah. to whoever, right? So, like, when I put the thing about people giving you shit for eating healthy, 
every person that has gotten shit for dieting or working out by their friends or family or anything, they were like, fuck yeah, I told share you. that. I told you so, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, they were so, like, I gave them that feeling they're going to share it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, the five reasons why you don't look jacked. The, the amount of people that I've talked to that struggle with that, that is their exact issue. I want to look like I actually lift weights. Like, that's that's their biggest, that's why they come to us. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, that's that's a no-brainer. I should probably talk about how to actually look like you lift weights and, mm-hmm. and teach them how to avoid the thing they're struggling with. Um, but that's a, that's a really big one. Um, I think focus on info over quality at first until you can delegate quality. Because if you're somebody, if you're anything like me and you want to put out valuable content, you cannot focus on the, the quality of the information and the quality of the production simultaneously at the beginning. You just can't. Until you have the tools to do so, which usually requires having help from somebody, whether you have somebody like you on the team or you have a freelancer that you're using or or you get really good at it. You know, like Jeff Nippard, he, he does all of his editing. It takes him three to four weeks to post a single YouTube video. But it's because, and I was listening to an interview with him just a couple days ago, his favorite thing about content is editing. He was like, I don't mind being in front of the camera, but I actually really love editing. Mm-hmm. Well, no wonder his, his videos are so good and they take three weeks to do because yeah. he really tells so, that story. Yeah, and he spends so much time editing. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I think, I think info comes first for most people though because most people that are creating content, it's not the editing side that they love. It's, it's helping others. It's coaching, totally. right? Um, and then I would say too, like don't just do Instagram content. Like, if you really want to get good at coaching, get good at creating, get good at, like, teaching others for your content, do long-form content. You're limited on Instagram, which means you're limited in how much you can teach, which means that you should be doing a podcast, you should be doing a blog, you should be doing a video, you should be doing something that doesn't have a limit on characters or time. It just allows you to go and express yourself. Totally. I think that'll make you better at everything. Yeah. Expanding your reach in a different platform. Mm Mm-hmm. Or way of media. Yeah. I don't know the way to it say it. improves your skills. Yeah. Yeah, all around. Those would be, and be patient. I guess that's a given, but shit right. takes a while. Cool. All right, next one is going to come from Coach Triz. Is Fortitrophin? Is that how you about to say I think so. Fortitrophin worth it? It claims to increase MPS and build three times more muscle. Muscle protein synthesis. And no, it's not worth it. Uh, and this is what I said in the story, and this is this is all I'm gonna leave it at, because it's not even worth like I, I don't know enough about the supplement to dive into like the nitty gritty of uh, its ingredients and everything like that. But at the end of the day, if you find anything on a shelf at a store or online, if you find any type of supplement that is not illegal, it is legal for you to purchase, and it is claiming to build three times more muscle. It is 100% bullshit. Because the only thing that can do that is steroids, period. And it's not even – and, like, when I say that, it's not just, like, take this one steroid. It usually means, like, you're taking testosterone, trend, clombuterol, growth hormone. Like, usually there's a lot of different things in conjunction with steroids. I don't know a ton about steroids. But from the people I know and, and the the things I do know, it's usually not just one thing. They're usually take cycling different things at once, and that's how they get fucking huge. Yeah. That's how they build three times more muscle. Nothing legal is building three times much more muscle. Plain and simple. Otherwise, yeah. I would have been taking it a long fucking time ago. Yeah. And so would everybody else. Cool. All right. Next one comes from Nick Love 52 Nick says, are you still cutting? 
what type of biofeedback tells you it's time for maintenance? I am still cutting. Um, what type of info for me shows that it's time for maintenance is the main two ones for me is when performance really starts to tank and um, my motivation. Uh, not even my motivation because I'll grind through it. it. It's more of like if and, – and I can accept PR. Like I'm not, I'm not hitting PRs right now. <laughs> Actually, that's a lie. I hit a bench PR just a few weeks ago. But I don't expect it hit PRs throughout the whole cut. And we're, t- and we're take, I'm, I'm typically the type of person, I don't like doing aggressive cuts. So I go very, very slow. It takes me months to get to a goal, but it's because if I drop my calories significantly, I just can't produce at work. Yeah. And like, if I'm not productive, that's where I get really frustrated and, and annoyed because I'm just not motivated. I'm not focused. Um, if I worked a desk job and I didn't care as much, and that's something against people who work desk jobs, but there's just some people who are like, eh, if I'm less productive for three months, I don't really give a shit. I would probably go fast and just get it done with, get shredded. But for me, it, like, obviously, this is my livelihood. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Um, so for me, it's mainly going to be um, probably mood swings. Yeah. When I start getting irritable or snappy at home for no reason, or I'm just, like, annoyed by things that don't annoy me, even at work or anything, or I'm just, like, that's where I'm like, okay, this is, this is too much. Need some more calories. Yeah, exactly. Give me a diet break. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not even close to that yet. I feel totally fine still because um, we're still dieting on a good amount of calories. We dropped my calories a few weeks back to, I think I'm like 63 fat, 225 protein, and 260 carbs, which is still a good amount of food, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't feel hungry. Yeah. And like when I started feeling a little hungry, I literally pushed my breakfast back from like 7 to like 9 a.m. And now it's like I'm not hungry at all anymore. Um, and that's And I was eating – uh, five meals a day and I just dropped it to four. And then when I get deeper, I'll probably drop it to three because a lot of people keep their, their meal timing, which is fine. But if the meals get smaller, you almost get frustrated. You're like, this meal is not satisfying me. Mm. I'd rather have three big ass meals right now. I have three big meals and a small snack at night. And then after a while I might change it to like two huge meals and one big snack at night. And it's just like, I'd rather not eat and then have a huge meal. Cause that it's like kind of tricking your mind in a way. Cause you get so much food on your plate. Yeah. Um, placebo yeah it is kind of a placebo but um i uh but i'm not there yet usually for me that's that's the trigger but i mean it could be different things for everybody some clients i have it's it's they just can't handle stress the way they usually do and that's kind of the same thing for me some people their sleep gets really disturbed mine usually doesn't i usually get tired and can sleep just fine totally better if anything um some people it's training some people it's sex drive um it just depends you know i think you got to be aware of your own biofeedback markers that kind of get hit the worst because it's individual. Um, but I've also had a shitty like month and a half. It was like we we were making good progress. I actually just hit a new low on the scale today because I finally have been back on track this whole week um, for the most part. But it was like uh, we had all that personal stuff that was going on that t- obviously took like a week of my time and then recovery. And then it was tattoo appointment, which I was out of town for three days for. And then it was uh, the team getting here. And then this shit last week, you know what I mean? It's literally been like, it's always something. It's always something. Sometimes you go, and this is like people out there are going to go. Yep. I get it. You think, and you're like, maybe I'm just not supposed to fucking diet because there's always something that ruins it. But that's life. You know, it's like, maybe I shouldn't be starting a business because there's always something. And I've thought about this. We're like, man, I finally dial in my schedule. And then it's like, things keep coming up. And I'm like, Oh wait, I'm a dad, husband, an entrepreneur. 
that likes it's to train gonna, a lot. It's never like, going to end. It's never going to end. Totally. And I have to have, you have to roll with the punches. Yeah. Like, I have to be flexible with all this stuff. So, um, and there is sometimes where you just can't control it. You know, like, when the team is here, I'm not going to be like, hey, Ken, can you, you know, Ken's the chef for those yeah. listening. Hey, Chef Ken, can you tell me the macros on that? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to fucking eat it and enjoy it. And I'm going to eat as much as I want. I actually ate, ate some leftover lamb last night because he had a bunch of lamb chops left over yeah. that he didn't cook. Cooked up some of those yesterday. Damn. It was fire. So, um, but like <laughs> fire, we had that conversation another too. Um, but I, uh, I wasn't gonna like worry about it. I wasn't gonna try to be flexible. I was just gonna enjoy it. And because if I would have pulled my calories out of my earlier point of the day to save room for that at night, which would have been the smart thing to do, I would have been tired and groggy when everyone's here. When I needed to be on fire, educating, teaching, like lecturing and firing people up. So that I do, I ate normal and I just went over my calories. Yeah, I said screw it. It's more important to me. Um, when I had the tattoo session, it was the same thing. Like I went up for one full night, stayed at Airbnb in the mountains by myself for a night. I was like, I barely ate all day today. I'm not going to figure out my macros. You know what I'm going to do? Like I'm going to have whatever I can find, which actually was totally fine. But I'm also going to drink like four or five beers by myself. And I'm going to enjoy this cabin in the mountains. Yeah. And I just did, you know. So there's times where you be flexible and you fit it in. And there's times where if you're not in a hurry or have no timeline, it's like, you know what? You say, fuck it. Yeah. This week I've been spot on. I hit a new low and. We're good. We'll keep going. Hey, do you want quick, easy, and fast fat loss? So fast that it'll happen in 30 days and maybe all you have to do is take a pill? Well, you're shit out of luck because it's not going to happen. It takes hard work and patience, which is one of the reasons why I love Legion Supplements. They are open and honest about their marketing. And on the front page, they tell you that supplements don't overrule training and nutrition, but they do supplement a good diet and a good training program. So if your training's dialed in, your nutrition is on point, and you want to get that upper edge and take things to the next level to get the best results possible for your body and performance, check out Legion and save 20% today by heading to buylegion.com slash boom boom. Now, let's get back to the episode. All right, so let's go to the next one. It comes from Joey G555. Hit GW. Uh, Go wait. Bingo. Hit goal weight coming out of cut. Want to build some muscle. Eat maintenance or higher end deficit. How do you do? That's good. I didn't know what it was at first, and I was trying to think. You're catching on. Um, Okay, hit goal weight from a cut. Want to build some muscle. Okay. I'm assuming they mean do I eat at maintenance or higher end deficit. And deficit. Um, I don't know where the end deficit comes from. Or higher end deficit. I mean, this is a Instagram question, so yeah. they couldn't. Sp- yeah. Um, all right. I would say I always, if I'm coming out of a cut, I always transition people to their new maintenance before I do anything. So I think that one of the worst mistakes people can make is going from a cut. They get lean. They get where they want to be. And they immediately go from deficit in their cut right to a surplus, which is technically where you need to go if you want to build muscle, right? You need to eat more than maintenance calories. However, a lot of times people can build muscle at maintenance, and if they dial in their nutrient timing, supplementation, sleep, recovery, training. So it, for me, it's like this. Like, let's say your previous maintenance was 2,500 and you cut at 1,500, just for easy math. And your new maintenance is probably going to be 2,000. Mm-hmm. So instead of going up to 2,500 to be in a surplus again, which used to be your maintenance, but now it's a surplus, you're just going to gain fat for sure. So instead, go go – as quickly as you can, but if, you're, if your biofeedback's fine, you don't got to be aggressive. If it's horrible, be aggressive. But go to 2,000, which is probably your new maintenance. Stay there for a couple months. 
people are always in such a hurry to grow, but I always say like, well, are, is this your last year training in the gym? Well, no. Okay. Well then why are you in such a hurry to build muscle? You're going to be there for a while. So, so like chill out unless you want to gain fat. Yeah. Most people don't. If you want to see the muscle built, so go to maintenance, stay at maintenance for a couple months, like take a couple months to get there and stay there. Uh, try to dial in everything else so you can enjoy being lean. You're yeah. finally lean. Enjoy the shreds. Stay at maintenance. See if you can build a little bit of muscle there. If you can gain even a quarter of a pound a month, which seems like nothing, but as an advanced lifter, that's not bad for a natural advanced lifter. But if you can stay at maintenance and gain that slowly because everything else is dialed in, you're going to look way better than you would five pounds heavier. So you're going to be leaner and see that. So filled that's out, filled out more. Yeah. yeah. So the slower process is always better. Go to maintenance first. Totally. Yeah. All right. So the next one comes from, dude, I'm not going to be able to do this one. Bazzy Steb and Art. Bazzy Steb and Art. Sounds like you did pretty good. I think, I think this is what it means. This is like a riddle because it's an IG question. I believe they say they're 61. It says dash 61, six pounds on a 12-month cut. Now back at maintenance. Calories for a week. Still bad biofeedback. Any tips? 61. Oh, down 61. Dash. Down 61. Pounds. Uh, Bottom d- yeah, down 61 pounds. I used a comment of a period. Down 61.6 pounds on a 12-month cut. Damn. Wow. Good job. It's a long time and a lot of weight. Now back at maintenance calories for a week. Still bad biofeedback. Any tips? Be patient. Yeah. (laughs) You spent 12 months dieting. It's not going to happen in seven days. So just be patient. If you're actually at maintenance, you just got to wait longer. I mean, usually after a 12-month cut, you're not going to feel better biofeedback for at least a month. And even then, you still probably have work to do. So you're going to stay at maintenance for a while, like months on end, at least six months before you think about doing anything else. Um, unless you still have a, a lot of weight to lose, then like, and that's where people, like I shouldn't speak in blanket terms because normally I would say, if you, oh, if you cut for 12 months, you got to spend six to 12 months at least, if not 18 months. Totally. You know, at maintenance, technically. But that, that's assuming you got so shredded that your biofeedback's horrible. So if you lost 60 pounds, but you had... 90 pounds to lose total, then I would say you could probably spend two to three months there and go right back to it because because you have more body fat to lose, that's going to play a role in your biofeedback not being as significantly poor or negative. So it's easier to reverse that process. Um, but yeah, I mean, playing something, you got to wait longer than the week. So I'm, I'm assuming I'm asking you a question. I would assume dial, making sure you are at maintenance. Yeah, you know, definitely because you might not be. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, because usually too, like as soon as you increase up, you should feel some relief, mostly psychological, but hormonal and physiological changes aren't going to happen for at least three to four weeks. Um, and I want to say that's actually literally documented in um, research based on what Brandon told me, because I want to say they notice metabolic adaptation from a diet after it was either three to four or two to four weeks, which him and I talked about, and I want to say he agreed with me, but it's just a theory it would probably work in the reverse as well. You won't feel any relief from metabolic adaptation for at least two to four weeks Mm -hmm. as well. 12 months, that's a longer time, so it might add to that, but you might feel a little bit of relief after two to four weeks, which she still isn't at yet. So be patient and then do your calculations right. Make sure you're there. If you don't feel better, then increase calories more because you're probably not at maintenance. Um, And nonetheless, just stay there for longer. Okay. So, Dope. All right. Uh, Next one. I think we go to the next slide. 
Comes from Caroline Melis Fit. Need to lose weight, but can't stick to my macros. I keep trying and failing. What to do? Hire a coach. I mean, rapid fire. No, yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's the truth. Because if I was on a call with you and you told me that, I would. I would ask a hundred more questions. You yeah. know, where's your diet at right now? What are you doing for training? How was your stress? How was your sleep? Uh, what does your food composition look like? Do you have any digestive issues? What like no- what knocks you off track? Yeah, what knocks you off track? What what's so? What's the adherence issue here? You know, like is there an adherence issue? Um, yeah. So like, there's. I mean, there's just so many things to troubleshoot with any individual that like the best thing to do is hire a coach. Like that's what we do. Like really like not even just us at tailored coaching method, but just in general, the role of a coach in the nutrition world, you know, outside of accountability and support and um, accountability and psychological help. It's to make sure you're making the right adjustments and tweaks to your nutrition training and lifestyle in order to continue the result and break through plateaus. So if you're stuck and you don't know what to do and you can't find it through self research, using Google or research articles. I mean, shit, even just our website. If you can't find the answer in our website, you need a coach because it's probably too individual for you to just find general content on. Yeah. All right. Um, next one comes from Chorus. Chorus Emmons. Man, you guys are challenging me. If naps are beneficial, is there an ideal time to take one? After... Um, after or before I think oh um, are naps beneficial or detrimental to fat loss so there's two questions one is when to take a nap and one is are they beneficial yes. or detrimental um, they're definitely beneficial um, more sleep is almost always better so they're they're definitely not going to be detrimental. They're either going to be neutral or they're going to be positive. So they're going to be positive if you're under-recovered, overstressed, or lacking sleep in general because it's going to help you with that. Um, or they're going to be neutral because you get plenty of sleep and, you just, and you're not stressed out, so you really just don't need a nap. Yeah. But it's not going to hurt you. It's never going to be detrimental to take a nap. Um, when is it best? I would probably say after your training session. I don't think it has to be... Dr- I mean, it depends. Like, if we're talking, like, should I take a nap right before or right after? I'd probably say after because if you take a nap right before, you're going to be in parasympathetic state of uh, neurological state. So that's rest and digest. It's recovery mode. So going into the gym when you're, like, sleepy and you're calm and recovering and parasympathetic, that's not good. You want to be in sympathetic. So I would say crush your workout, have some carbs and protein to spike insulin, drop into the the parasympathetic state and bring cortisol down post-workout and then take a nap. But ideal scenario is, is middle of the day. Yeah. So trying to work out not in the middle of the day. So like have your workout either early in the morning or late at night and do it in the middle of the day because if you take a nap post-workout but it's 6 p.m., you're going to have trouble sleeping at night. So it's being an ideal time. Yeah. There's places in Italy that like, I mean, or in Italy, Europe, I think it is Italy that does it or maybe it's Spain, but like naps and like long lunches and closing everything down to do that like is like very normal. Yeah. Very normal. Um, so, but I was you, you say You say it, ideally you want to be in s- – Sympathetic mode? While you're training. How in the world... Is it called sympathetic? Mm -hmm. Sympathetic is fight or flight. Parasympathetic is rest and digest. It seems like... How could somebody get in that mode at 4 o'clock in the morning? (laughs) People that work out like before work? Yeah. Um, Or whatever it is. So it's very difficult, but at that early, but you can... So there's a few things. One, once you train your body clock, so if you constantly wake up at 4... 
your cortisol curve changes. Totally. So whatever your wake up time is right now, cortisol rises right as that time's coming because your natural circadian rhythm will adjust to your, your body clock when you need to be awake and fall asleep. Cortisol is the hormone that puts you into sympathetic state. One of the hormones, adrenaline is one too, but that brings you up and that's what gets you out of bed. Yeah. So cortisol, if you have a fucked up cortisol curve or a non-existent one, you're just tired all the time. It's hard to get out of bed. Um, if you have a dysfunctional one that's always up, it's hard to fall asleep. So um, cortisol, right, wakes you up in the morning. So if you train your body to wake up before, usually you naturally get better at it. But the other thing would be there's things that can put you in that. So um, uh, what's the word? Uh, Pre-workout. Stimulant. <laughs> caffeine. Yeah. Caffeine is a central nervous system stimulant. So when you take caffeine, it actually does increase your sympathetic nervous system. The other thing is that's why we do primers in our training sessions. Mm -hmm. So like when we do a chest throw or a jump or a sprint, it's not because I want the client to be better at sprinting or throwing a ball. It's because we're going to do a bench, so we're throwing because it's the same movement pattern. But that explosive quick movement, power generation, it puts you, it's a natural stimulus. So it puts you into a sympathetic mode. So if somebody's not all there, take some caffeine, do some primer stuff before they train, they're going to be shifting into that as they go through the workout. For sure. Yeah. Dope. All right. Um... Next one comes from Shannon King, 16. Thank you for the period, Shannon. Fact or fiction, eating fruit with protein meat is bad for digestion. You you answered this one. Fiction. Yeah. I You'd mean, actually, I, I saw that on your story yesterday, and you didn't, you just said fiction. You didn't yeah, say anything else. With an emoji. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't even know, I mean, to me, I'm like, where, what do I even start? Like, what on earth makes that fact? And hopefully, I mean, if somebody can point me in some research where I bite my tongue, I will openly admit it on the podcast, but I just, you know, there was even a huge thing where it was like, oh, you can't eat fats and carbs at the same time. And that's bullshit too. Yeah. What you can't do is eat in a calorie deficit all the time or a calorie surplus all the time. So if you eat a super high fat and a super high carb meal, yeah, you're going to feel lethargic because your, your digestion, your gallbladder, everything is working super hard. And it's hard to break down. You're eating too much in a single period. Um, you know, I, I mean, in some, for some people, you can eat too many carbs in a meal because if you have too many carbs for your body to digest and your insulin to handle, like, yeah, you could, you could have those carb comas. We all know that after Thanksgiving, totally. you just want to lay down, um, which is partially from the tryptophan and the turkey yeah. too. But point being is, is there's just nothing, there's no digestive complications there. Fruit is fructose, there's fiber, there's nutrients, um, I mean, there's natural digestive aids inside of a lot of fruit. I mean, like some digestive enzymes are made out of papaya and stuff. So it's like, yeah, like prebiotic, postbiotic. Like what? I mean, I don't know. Like there's no, there's not a single thing that I can think of that would make me believe that. I mean, think of super shakes. You know how many people put berries in their smoothie? That's protein and fruit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's, there's nothing there that's, that's. I'm just curious, not saying she's like wrong or anything, but I'm just curious on where she heard that. Or well, that's made the, her ask that question. Dude, there's a lot of people that have big influences because they're following that say shit on Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, where do you even come up with this? The, and the reason I know this too is because if you ever watch Jordan Syatt's stories, because he gets the wildest questions of like, I heard this, I heard this. I, and it's just like, what? There was one question, but somebody asked, uh, like, my brother-in-law told me that I can't drink water while I eat food or I won't burn the fat from the food or something like that. Like, just crazy. And you're like, do people literally just pull this out of their ass? You know what I mean? This one's not nearly as bad no, as no, some no, of the no. ones he gets. He gets yeah. some that are just like, I'll text him and be like, dude, are you like just picking these out? Like, and he's like, dude, no, I get so many of these ridiculous questions. Like, 
Uh, it just blows my mind. Wow. Yeah. I feel bad for people because they're misled. They should, don't know any better. Yeah. I would love to see a screenshot of those DMs. Dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, I mean, if you watch the story, he answers a lot of them. I know, yeah. Most of the time, he just does like a, the picture where it's zoomed in on his face, like yeah. just looking at it. He doesn't even answer it. Yeah. So funny. All right, cool. Um, my favorite one is when somebody asked uh, about ice baths burning more fat or something like that. And he was staring at the camera walking. And he was in New York. So he was like walking through a building upstairs over a rooftop. Like, dude, it was like, I think it was like a full minute long TikTok video that he put on his Instagram. And he was just walking for like hell long staring at the camera with that question. And then finally just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it just ended. But I was cracked. I was like, you took so much time to answer that fucking question, dude. I love it. A lot it. of effort. So funny. But but no, Shannon, I don't think there's any issue with that. Um, I think you should have protein in every single meal. So there's there's protein. little, I don't think, yeah, in every meal. I don't think there's anything you can't have with protein. Mm. She asked if you can. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So like, I mean, there's nothing you can't have with protein. Yeah. All right, cool. The next one comes from Adam Fig 93 Is decline dumbbell uh, press worth anything regarding height? Hypertrophy. Hypertrophy. I remember this one. Uh. Yeah, it's, uh, there was actually a research study that showed more pec activation um, and more potential hypertrophy of the chest in a decline position. Because of the way your clavicle and humerus sits when you're in a decline, um, you just get more activation on your chest, on your entire chest. Um, and then as far as dumbbells, I, don't, I think the study was on barbells, so it was just the point of your, your actual torso being in a decline versus a flat or incline. Um, but I know a lot of people who feel better with either decline or incline from a shoulder position. If they have like shoulder issues, like when I have a guy with shoulder issues, I'll usually go uh, neutral grip bar if they have it, decline dumbbells or incline barbell, dumbbell, anything. And when you change the angle of the bench, usually it helps the shoulder be in a better position to avoid re- re-injuring anything or nagging old injuries. Um, but also some people feel better with dumbbells. So like if I'm just considering hypertrophy for my chest, I'll pick dumbbells all day. Yeah. My shoulder's in a better position. I can get in more neutral. I can create a bigger range of motion because I can drive my hands further than where the bar would stop on my chest. And the bar is uh, a fixed position, right? So this fixed position means that I have to be pronated with my grip. I have to do whatever I can in here. Instead of being like, you know what? I'm going to angle the dumbbells at like a 45-degree angle because my shoulder feels better. I can pull my shoulders back more. I can get more of a stretch on my chest. And then at the top with dumbbells, I can bring them together and I can close because one of the main things that builds chest, uh, your, your chest is actually shoulder abduction, which is doing a fly, right? Mm. It's bringing your arm inward. With a bench press, I'm just doing shoulder protraction. Mm. I'm just pressing forward. I can't bring in. They have one tool. It's actually pretty cool. It's a bar in the grip slide. So as you lower, you can widen your grip. And then as you press, you can slide your hands in. It's pretty cool. Um, I feel like it'd be weird sliding. But like with dumbbells, I can do that and then just do the whole like pop the balloon at the top. Yep. So I feel way better. So both dumbbells. I think dumbbells are better than barbell for, for chest hypertrophy. I think barbell is better for upper body strength, not even necessarily chest strength. It's just that... Because with a barbell bench, you're still working a lot of uh, anterior delts, so front delt, and triceps too. So it's just a general strength movement to power lift. And dumbbells are going to probably outperform, in my opinion, for hypertrophy regardless. For sure. What, I'm curious on what is that thing called? The bar. Is it just a bar? It's literally a bar. You know those fat grips I have? Yeah. So imagine those being attached to the bar and they slide. A barbell? 
a barbell. Yeah. Oh. So it, there's there are grips on the barbell that slide. So as I press, I can bring my hands in. It's mm-hmm. just more. Do you know what it's called? I have no idea. Gotcha. I saw it a long time ago. Yeah. You know what else I think we should get is one of those. It's kind of like so you know when we do a landmine mm-hmm. and put the like triangle thing, mm-hmm. but we used to have one of the the grip. No, there's one of the bigger where the like, Viking press. Where you press it? Nope. Oh. You you lay down the with the thing on your chest and you pull it up. Oh, a T bar row. T bar row. Yeah. yeah, I love those. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are huge. I, I I've I've huge looked at those guy. a bunch. Yeah. But it was for me. It was that that or the pull down, and I was pull like down. the seated cable row. This one. Yeah. Yeah. I like chest supported a lot, but like if I can get the pull and the pull down. Granted, that thing is twice as much. Yeah, twice yeah, yeah, Expensive yeah. at least. But yeah, twice as more activity. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm like, I don't know where I'd put it if I'm yeah. a T-bar. I was, when problem. I was about to ask you, I was like, dude, yeah. where would you put If we it? didn't have the turf, this that's the only thing, too, I always think about. Because I've, I've seen gyms where they have turf, but it's literally like the width of this table. Yeah. So it's literally just a lane for the sled. Which sometimes I think about it and I'm like, realistically. That's all you need. That's really all we need for turf. Yeah. I mean, we but, do carries we would, and sprints and stuff. Then we machines but, just out in the middle of the gym. Yeah. It'd be more crowded. Yeah. But part of me is like, I want more fucking shit, you know? It's or like, more space. Yeah, that's true. For po- filming, different podcast. Yeah, for filming, I think it's it's helpful that we have the open space. Yeah. But from the meathead in me, I want tools. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, even the leg extension fits good, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not, like, too bad at all. It's the first piece of equipment that's in the middle. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. Um, Let's go to the next one. Um, a... L- Allegra Dracut, dude. Alandra Aladro Kulin. Holy moly. Sorry, man. Kulin's a cool last name. Yeah. How many hours of sleep do you get? Um, Five to six. If I'm being brutally honest. I could get more. Um, I'll tell you how much I got last night. I haven't checked it yet. I usually check it every day to see. Damn, do my is 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 there a thing where iPhones like batteries just end up dying more regularly? You just got that phone, dude. It's at ten percent already. You like got it months ago, didn't you? Yeah, it's not brand, even. It's the brand new one. Yeah. Damn, I'm on the iPhone Forever plan, you have, dude. Do you have like apps just open running things in the background? My phone's two years old mm-hmm. and it's still almost still full. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm like listening to music. I've had a few calls today. I don't know. Maybe. Um, all right, let's see my sleep. It's updating right now. I love this fucking aura ring, dude. I was skeptical for a while. I had a couple of friends that kept telling me to get it, and I was like, things not that cool. Now I love it. Damn, I got five hours and 20 minutes last night. I was in bed for six hours and 20 minutes. Um, total sleep was five hours and 20. I want to say, can I click this? Yeah, latency is, ideal, it's 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, falling asleep in less than five minutes can be a sign of overtiredness. Guess what my latency was last night? What? Four minutes. Wow. So I um, clearly need a little bit more sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, yesterday I got six hours and ten minutes, I think. So, like, usually it's right around six hours. There's some days where I just, I mean, to be completely honest, it's like I went to bed last night. Like, if if I go home, hang with my daughter for a few hours, and then I actually spend time watching something on TV with Shannon, mm-hmm. even for just an hour – um, and then go to bed. It, it's totally based on my work week. So like last night I went down and I was like, I got to wake up at five because I missed most of this week for a bunch of different fucking reasons. And it was like, okay, well 
because of all that time off and being behind, now I have to wake up early and do work. Yeah. So, um, especially because I knew Blakely was going to wake up and I had to be ready for her. So it was like, let me get a lot of sleep. Yep. And I answered it transparently on Instagram too. I said, you know, it's usually six hours, but sometimes it's like five-ish and that's a sacrifice I'm and willing you, to make. Yeah. And you said more about what it took to build this. You mm-hmm. know, it takes less hours sometimes. Yeah. Um, what I will say is on Fridays, Saturday morning's my day to sleep in. I literally will sleep fucking 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, you said. Dude. But sometimes 11 and 12. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> Damn, that's... I, I'll, I'll go to bed at like 11 and it'll be like 11, 30, 12 and Blakely's like in my face waking me up. And I'm like, damn, what time is it? I would have kept sleeping. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of a bad sign. Like you need sleep, but I don't know. It's one of those things too where I, I you know, like the whole saying like you sleep when, you de- when you're dead. I'm, to me, I'm like, I'll sleep when I'm retired. Yeah. I, and I, and I truly mean that. Like I would probably be more jacked if I slept nine hours a day without a doubt. But I don't know if I would be that much, like I'm sure I would be a little more productive, but I, I also have a type of energy mentality to myself personally that I think I can get by. Like I will still grind and I'll still be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just by the end of the day, I'm exhausted. You know, I fall asleep during the TV show quite often <laughs> with Shannon, Absolutely, which frustrates her. But you know what? She's like, I'm not, I'm not recapping for you. And yeah. I'm like, whatever, just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so cool is what it is. All right. Next one comes from Ali BC, Aliyah Ali BC. Best advice or meal to gain weight? Uh, best advice, train harder, sleep more, and eat more. I mean, train more, eat more, sleep more. I mean, realistically, if you want to gain good weight, um, best meal, I mean, as many calories as you can fit in a meal, realistically. I think the problem with that is if I say the best meal to gain weight, generally, it's like go have some fucking pizza. Yeah. It's ridiculously high calorie and high fat and high carb, and you're going you're gonna to gain weight. Is that good weight? Eh, is it good for your digestion? Eh, is there many nutrients in it? Probably not. But that's where I think most people who are trying to gain weight and they're like, oh, I'm a hard gainer. I can't gain weight. It's just like you're just not eating enough. It's yeah. like, oh, I can't eat anymore. Yes, you can. Like you can. It's really fucking simple. So um, are you cooking in olive oil? No. Cook in olive oil because it, it won't fill you up anymore, but it adds a good amount of calories. Um, what kind of carbs are you eating? And if it's like sweet potato, stop eating sweet potato. Eat rice. You can eat a fuck ton of rice, and it doesn't fill you as much as sweet potato. Sweet potato is so dense. Yeah, It's great for dieting, but if you're trying to gain, eat rice. Eat cereal. Like, you want to get calories in? Have, like, three or four servings of Frosted Flakes. You'll finish it in two minutes. Trust me, I do it all the time. And it's, like, a ton of – I mean, it's 100 grams carbs like that. Yeah. You know, it's easy. Um, with a protein shake, and boom, you got a 500-calorie meal down. So, like, sometimes you just got to do stuff like that. And and oftentimes people also will just, I mean, I hate to be, like, uh, hardcore, but it's just, like, I mean, nut up and eat some more food. Like, it's just really, it's that, it's that simple. Yeah. It, it's not always easy, but but great results don't come fucking easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and there's a lot of people who are, would die to be able to be, like, I can't eat enough. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. It's not a problem for me. Um Usually I eat too much. The dieting part's hard for me. But I think it, it really is. It's just one of those things where you just have to, I mean, like, I it, usually it's right under their nose. So people are like, like, man, like, I'm, you know, I'm eating so much chicken. Okay, eat steak. There's more fat and calories in it. I'm not cooking any oil. Cook an oil. Uh, I'm eating sweet potato. Eat rice or bread or a bagel. Really high calorie, easy to eat. Um, 
add fats with those. So like if you're having a bagel or bread or whatever, add butter or add nut butter or something like that that has calories. Avocado. It makes it more palatable. Avocado, it's still healthy food. It makes it more palatable and you can eat it easier, right? Same reason why like on uh, Man vs. Food when he's doing the, the ice cream competition. It's like the kitchen sink. They fill a whole kitchen sink with ice cream. Good it's, God. It's insane. And he almost taps out and he goes, I need to order a French fries. And you're like, how is that going to help you eat? But the combination of carb salt with the fat from the cream and the ice cream, it triggers his mind and his food and his taste buds to eat more. Just like we were talking about with the yeah, peanuts, right? Yeah, yeah. That and like carbon, fat, and salt together. It's why like uh, if you have um, toast with butter, it's way better than just toast or just butter. If you have a, a pota- baked potato with salt and butter, you can eat a, you can eat multiple. You can't eat multiple potatoes plain wow. or with just salt. You add that and it changes. Yeah. If you've ever had white rice and you put butter on it, grass-fed butter, it has to be grass-fed because there's so much more flavor in grass-fed butter, like Kerrygold. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had Kerrygold? Yeah. So much more flavor. But if you have I, white I do rice. do go to your house. <laughs> true. <laughs> if, you, if you have white rice and you just put that butter on it and put salt on it, dude, it's so much more palatable. You can eat so much more of it. It's unbelievable. Um, we make uh, Blakely like whole grain pasta and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or like we have pasta made out of chickpeas and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, we won't put cheese or anything like that. She doesn't want cheese on it. She wants plain noodles. She doesn't actually. We, we cook the noodles, put a thing of butter in there and salt and just mix them up. And usually I'll, t- I, I'll sometimes I'll taste test it to make sure it's not too hot if I'm cooking, which usually I don't. Shannon does. Dude, just plain noodles with butter and salt is so fucking good. I had it the other day. It was like bow tie pasta or something. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm just going to make sure it's good. With just butter and salt, it was unbelievable. I was like, I want to eat all of this. <laughs> but that combination of things, yeah. you know what I mean? So make your food more palatable and it's way easier to eat food. If you're having three big meals, have five slightly smaller meals. You know what I mean? Like there's just so many little things you can do. If you're tired of eating, make a super shake. You can put a banana, berries, oats, peanut butter, ice, Milk, whey protein. You can put all that in a blender, mix it up, and it's just a drink that you can sip on over like an hour while you're working. Yeah. And you just had another 600 calories. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's way easier than people make it seem. Yeah. So um, get it done. Totally. All right. Um, we're going to end it with one more question. Um, let's go. Is the Tailored Trainer app good for people with a very standard garage gym great one and this is uh this is from sc fit farm d fuck yes it is we have a program called the garage grinder literally designed for people like you but also we have programs like uh uh the band workouts we have at-home workouts too so ones that just use bands stuff like that if you don't even have much in your gym at all but if you have a garage gym set up with dumbbells barbells stuff like that um garage gym grinder is perfect uh we also have uh, pure that i was trying to think of the name pure strength and conditioning we have a male and a female version of that and it's pretty minimal equipment you don't need a ton of stuff and every once in a while you'll see something that maybe you don't have maybe you don't have a landmine maybe you don't have kettlebells and there's substitutions so you can easily make a sub with that because there's substitutions in the app itself and you get access to me anyway so you can always just ask if you can't figure it out um and then even like the power building or some of the hypertrophy programs you could technically switch there there are like leg extensions and stuff like in that in there but every machine like a leg extension leg press anything like that leg curl 
there's always substitutions for it because a lot of people don't train at gyms with machines. Yeah. They train at gyms, like CrossFit gyms, stuff like that. So the Taylor trainer is honestly, I mean, and I'm not just saying it's literally perfect for anybody listening to this. If your goal is fat loss or muscle growth or strength and you are tired of doing circuit training, you are tired of doing tons of cardio, you're tired of knowing not what to do, and you want to get into actually strength training, which is the best route for a sustainable physique, health, longevity, joint support, it's the perfect app because we have programs for every category, for every training frequency throughout the week, um, experience level, uh, equipment, I mean, periodization, periodization, everything's in there, and yep. the progression and everything's built in, so it's it tracks your progression, it tracks your metrics. After you get a few weeks done, it actually starts telling you what weights to use, so if you go to do a dumbbell press, and it knows that you should be doing the 80-pound dumbbells, it's going to say, suggestion, 80-pound dumbbells, and you're like, fuck, okay, I better, Dope. you know, I know, like, I'm not going to go easy on myself, I can do enough. Totally. Um, a little push. Yeah, so it, it really does have everything, um, and the people who dive, who, the people who the only people I've seen who don't get the most out of it um, are a people who aren't interested in strength training, just being completely transparent. You know, there's been a few people that have uh, gone to different apps that are like very like circuit training focused and that's fine. I think they're at a period in their journey where progressive overload, strength training, uh, scientific strength training isn't what they're after. They're after, they just want to move. They just want to sweat it's not the most productive thing, but for where they're at, it's going to work. And if that's what they enjoy, then by all means go. I'm not going to create those kind of programs in there because that's not what we do. But the people who get the most out of it, the people who have already done that, who have already tried everything, they're tired of CrossFit, they're tired of circuits, they're tired of not knowing if they're progressing, this is perfect for you. You know what I mean? Um, and the other person is a person that program hops and doesn't do the shit. Yeah. They get the app and they don't actually do anything. Like every person that is gone in the app and has started a program and has like done it week after week and has gone through the progressions, they have the greatest feedback. Like everything's done for them. They're progressing in the gym. It's clear because it's showing them the progress they're making and they're improving their physique. Like the amount of times I've gotten tagged in a, a story for, of girls knocking out more chin-ups. Yeah. That has been one of the coolest things. That's dope. Because that's like, a, I think that's a big one for, for women is to be able to do chin-ups. Like yeah. that's always been a milestone for a lot of my female clients. And I've gotten tagged so many times of women just cranking out chin-ups and they say, like, I'll DM them. They're like, I literally couldn't do a single chin-up at the beginning. And now I can. That's and dope. Like, yeah, there's a lot of those in the uh, the Taylor Trainer me membership group. Yeah, on the Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, so head over to taylortrainer.net if you want to check that out. Uh, it's definitely perfect for you. I can't remember the name of the person that asked this question, but the Garage Grinder is the program for you, man. Yep. It's in there. So check it out.